Man, we have so much for you this week. We are talking VMAs, Taylor, Doja Cat, NSYNC, so much more. But I have one question first. Why do any of us care? Welcome back to another episode of Cultivating Truth. My name is Aaron Davis. So a lot has happened this week on pop culture. The MTV VMAs, which is the Video Music Awards, happened. And a lot of stars came out. P. Diddy was honored. Taylor Swift won nine awards with Antihero from her Midnight album. NSYNC reunited, and it was the biggest deal ever, apparently. And Doja Cat continues her demonic hype from her upcoming album. But here's the question I want to tackle with all of this. Who cares? Why do people get so captivated by these pop culture references and headlines? Why is it a big deal that Taylor wins nine awards or NSYNC is getting back together or Doja Cat is causing controversy over being dressed up like the devil? Why does MTV attract so many different people to their popular award show, the Video Music Awards? They don't even show music hardly ever, if ever, on MTV. I don't really watch, so I'm not sure anymore. But I know that each and every year, the VMAs gives pop culture something to talk about. We can go to the VMAs earliest days with Madonna singing her hit song, Like a Virgin, where she is in a wedding dress all over the floor. And then fast forward to 2003 with the infamous Britney Spears, Madonna and Christina Aguilera moment to then just 10 years ago with Miley Cyrus and Robin Thicke that caused a bunch of controversy. Well, this year, I don't know if there was anything that was too crazy in the headlines outside of NSYNC returning or Taylor winning nine awards, Livia Rodrigo tried to push the boundaries of her artistry a little bit by having the whole set collapse. Actually, it looked pretty cool. And if you know her music, it kind of makes sense. But the question is, why do we care? Why do we care that the set fell apart? Why do we care that the band's getting back together? Why do we care about awards? Well, before I go any further, let me read this quote from a letter written to one of my favorite artists of all time. I'm talking about Michelangelo, the creator of the statue of David, the Pieta, the painter who went blind for the ceiling of the creation of Adam at the Sistine Chapel. I'm talking about the one and only Michelangelo. And the poet Pietro Aretino writes this letter to the artist in 1537. And we can pull this quote that I think will summarize everything that we're going to talk about today. And that is, the world has many kings, but only one Michelangelo. That is deep and that is profound. What does that mean? Well, this poet is writing to Michelangelo, praising him and praising his artistry. Many of us know that we can go back to the Renaissance days to really find when artists started becoming like the rock stars they are today. Michelangelo, Da Vinci, Raphael, all of the Ninja Turtles, but even going into literature such as Shakespeare, these artists and these creatives were so popular at their point in history. They were looked at as rock stars. They're given lots of money in order to perform. Basically, what we can pull from this quote is that there is only one Michelangelo. There is always going to be political leaders, many kings, people in positions of power. But something that can be timeless is an individual as an artist or as a creative. And this was said to praise Michelangelo for his mastery in his artwork. 
Now, obviously, Michelangelo is second to none. His mind to look at a broken piece of clay and to create the statue of David, which is arguably one of the greatest, if not the greatest statue in the world, is brilliant. But I think that this quote really summarizes how us as individuals think about the artist. As I said, there's going to always be a president or a billionaire, but there's only going to be that one creative. You cannot continue to evolve Michelangelo's career. You cannot evolve uh, Vincent Van Gogh's career. What they have and what they created is a portfolio that will be immortalized for anyone who looks to see their work. And there's something really special about that. There's something really special about people using their God-given talents to manifest whatever is going on in their imagination. This is being made in the image of God, and we all have the ability to do so. Some, of course, do it a little bit better than others and have been celebrated. The author is referencing Michelangelo's amazing talents that no one else could compete or compare with. Of course, there were other artists at the time. Da Vinci is to name just one. But Michelangelo's work is always going to be Michelangelo's work. And if you're a fan of it, there's something to be celebrated and there's something to enjoy in his creative mind and his vision that he had for his artistry. Wealth, power, and education can meet our physical and our mental needs. But what we find is that the creative can fuel the heart. There's nothing physically or mentally gratifying about NSYNC reuniting. Yet, why is everyone talking about it? Why is this buzz? They're not even creating a new album or going on tour from what we know thus far. But everyone's so excited to see them. Why? Because it just does something to the heart. It feels good. It makes you smile. You can't explain it. Look at Taylor Swift winning an award. It feels good knowing that the band is getting back together. It's like your friends from high school or your childhood. You love to see them. They affect your heart and they affect your soul. Even if you mentally know that you're never going to meet them or know that you are physically never going to interact with them, it does something special to our inner soul. This is why the arts are incredibly powerful because it can alter the way that we think and interact with physical society. It tugs and plucks at the heartstrings and can affect every aspect of us. It's affecting the engine of who we are as a being. Think about this situation. Jordan Peterson sat down with Oliver Anthony a couple of weeks ago, and the interview has gone viral. Many people are pulling out the clips of Oliver Anthony, where he is breaking down his biblical approach to the world. He opens up the Bible, reads scripture, and talks about how he believes that the world would be better if we would follow what Jesus is saying and what the Bible has to offer. Now, what's fascinating is how everyone becomes captivated by what this redhead man from the backwoods of Virginia has to say about the world. When he's sitting right next to Jordan Peterson, and if you know anything, Jordan Peterson is no, no bum. Jordan Peterson is brilliant, and he has a PhD in psychology, and whether or not you agree with his political stances, you have to know that this man has a lot to say and is invaluable information that should be heard, but more people want to hear about Oliver Anthony right now, not what the philosopher has to say. 
Now, the only reason you would even know about Oliver Anthony right now is because he had his one hit song, Richmond North of Richmond, where he turns on his camera, pulls out his guitar and starts singing in an angry manner of how much he's fed up with all the politics going on in D.C. Now, all you got to do is turn on MSNBC, CNN or Fox News to hear so many other people talk about what's going on in D.C. But why did this make noise? Why do we care about this guy? Once again, it does something to the heart. We can relate. This man sympathizes with us. He's not a politician. He is just another man who's ticked off about what's going on. Oliver Anthony is a creative, and people love to hear from the creatives. Creatives have power with their message. Yes, the philosopher and the scholars at universities can talk about this stuff all day but it really does not begin to affect and change our worldview until the artists begin to speak about these same issues. Take Macklemore's hit song from his 2012 album, Same Love. Coming fresh off of his popular song, Thrift Shop, Macklemore finds an audience that begins to sympathize with his feelings about same-sex attraction and marriage. Not even a year later, we see that the Defense Against Marriage Act is overruled as unconstitutional according to the Supreme Court. Once it can get into the hands of the creative, it can begin to feed the hearts and the minds of the listener. Was Oliver Anthony's content just so profound and groundbreaking that everyone had to stop to listen to what he had to say? No, you can find a pastor who's opening up their Bible and reading the exact same passages. And Jordan Peterson is known for pushing back political controversies and thought but people want to hear from the artist. There's always going to be many philosophers, many scholars, many professors, but only one Oliver Anthony. Personally, I love what Oliver Anthony is doing in general. Uh, his approach as he's really fighting back our Western norms of the celebrity creative and going into his concerts, canceling them because the ticket prices are just way too high. And he says that no one should be paying to see another person. No one should be going to a concert for that much money. Uh, it's ridiculous. He's even not signing major record labels because he doesn't want to have someone own his image and who he is. He enjoys his freedom of speech and who he is as an individual. And I think really has an appropriate worldview on how we should view the creative celebrity. You're just another creative and you're just another man. Yes, we may really enjoy what you have to say, but you are just a man. This is rare and countercultural to today's climate because there is this phenomenon that takes place as a creative develops and becomes more and more popular with his fans where they kind of become big headed and arrogant and uh, essentially separated from the real world. I want you to hear what Thomas J. Terry has to say about this. Terry is the founder and director of Humble Beast, which is a Christian creative collective similar to what uh, Aletheia Legacy is trying to do. And he sits down in Room for Nuance podcast this week, and he has this to say about the creative celebrity. You see, even those who have the best intentions fall into temptation of idol worship of oneself over your celebrity status. This feeds into our heart's natural desire to worship something, anything. We were made to worship. 
we were created to worship God and use our artistic abilities to serve him. And what we have found is that the creative order is out of whack. And now we are either worshiping ourselves or other creatives and their creations. Take the hip hop artist Doja Cat as an example. She just performed at the VMAs and is about to have her album released this week. And in order to spur controversy or notoriety for this album, uh, you see that her singles are all pushing to demonic and satanic influence. Why would she do this? Well, it's going to bring noise. It's going to lead into more and more people knowing and talking about it. Even ourselves are essentially promoting it in a way, which I hate that, but that causes more record sales, more money, more influence that she could have. Now, quick disclaimer, I'm not saying that everyone who is out there at the VMAs or singing and performing, acting in the secular world is of demonic influence. That's not what I'm saying. And I don't think that you also have to dress up like the devil in order to have demonic influence. But what I'm saying is the worship of self. You don't have to have horns over your head in order to know that you are loving and worshiping yourself or other things that are taking the place of God, such as power, wealth, and notoriety. I don't need to go into these conspiracy theories or the Illuminati and thinking that everyone who's ever been famous is attached to these satanic groups. You don't have to do that. All you have to do is turn on the radio or turn on the TV to see these messages and these worldviews are clearly not glorifying Christ which in turn would be considered antichrist, which in turn anything that's antichrist is sinful. And if something is sinful, then it is going to keep us separated from God. But pushing headlines, pushing social norms, and being controversial is also common uh, amongst creatives today. Who can push the boundaries the furthest? And then you can really express yourself in art. No! Only thing you're doing is you're wanting to make some noise so you can make extra money. You're not trying to be true and faithful to your art and your creativity. People like Madonna and Kanye West and Lady Gaga, they've been doing this for oh so long. I think of these headlines that Doja Cat is creating over the last month uh, with her latest songs, Demons and Paint the Town Red. She's calling out her fans. She's dressing up like Satan because she wants people to be naturally drawn to her and her image so that she can make more money and she can have more influence. And what this does is it creates this horrible organism where we spend our money, our hard-earned dollars, in order to continue to promote people who are going to do anything that's going to continue to feed the beast and cause controversy. Whether or not we believe in what they have to say, we love it. We love someone cussing at us saying, I don't care what you have to say, I'd rather be famous instead. Now, if you'd like to hear more about my thoughts on Doja Cat's single, Paint the Town Red, then I would encourage you to check out a new video series that I'm starting on my personal channel where I'm going to be reacting to popular music in today's culture. And we're going to be looking for the worldviews that they are implying, uh, and we're going to compare it to a Christian perspective. No matter, may we not drift away from what Thomas Terry had to say about this creative celebrity culture over here in the West. It is worship. No matter what you say, it is idol worship. Look at what Paul had to say in Romans 1. 
we see Paul writing to a powerful people group, a people group that was once following him, and now he is addressing how they have fallen into idolatry and how they are worshiping themselves. They are no longer worshiping the creator, but instead exchanging the truth for a lie and now worshiping the creative, the created being, and no longer the one who actually created them. This is idolatry 101. The reason we care so much is because we are worshiping men and women for being made in the image of God and displaying their God-given talents in a way that is making them God. And we sit back, we love it, and we worship it, and we give an offering to it, whether it's our money, our time, or our energy. This is why we love keeping up with the creative and what they're doing in their life. It's interesting. It tugs at our heartstrings. It makes us feel good or strong. It pleases our soul with superficial, short-term fulfillment as a replacement for the holy, eternal God giving us true satisfaction. Now, the point of cultivating truth is not to sit back and hate and criticize culture. It's not what we're doing. There are certain things that can be celebrated about the culture. For example, I love that here in America, we love the arts and we love creatives. And one of the things that I cannot stand about Christian American culture is that we are typically so far away from the arts and media. I certainly do not want to hate on these celebrities as they are mere people and individuals. And that's the point is that we need to look at everyone, including a celebrity or a musician, a billionaire an artist, a director, an actor, whomever, we need to look at them as another image bearer of Christ made in his likeness with amazing God-given gifts and talents that should be celebrated, but should not replace worship. Knowing that we may be fanboying or obsessing over the latest Taylor Swift song surely cannot affect our heart of worship, can it? Absolutely. You see your heart's vacant space for worship, that space is reserved for Christ. It is If it is being fulfilled by any other means, then that means our heart is falling into adultery. And the Bible compares us to Gomer and Hosea as the bride of Christ having an affair with our beloved Jesus. And even if you think about those little small moments of temptation, and you're like, no, I'm all about some Jesus. I go to church every Sunday, I read my Bible, and I love him. But then secretly, every now and then, I get a hit of this song, or I like to indulge in this. The word indulge alone, you know, it just has so much negative connotation to it. But it's those small pockets where we find ourselves essentially having an emotional affair with the world separating ourselves from Christ. Now, the point of cultivating truth is to understand culture and begin sympathizing with culture in a way where we can feed, redeem, and restore culture to Christ. This is never ending for the Christian kingdom of man, for the kingdom of God. Ways that we can help this is by understanding that creatives are indeed spectacular within their gifts, but they are only spectacular because they have been given the gifts. They've been given the gifts by the creator. 
by the one who, when he creates, he makes everything good. And when we take that good gift, something that was a precious, precious gift. I mean, I know many people, I wish that I could be as creative as other individuals. And I know others wish that they could be as creative as me. It's something that is precious to who we are as individuals. But when we take that gift and we tell everyone to look at us and to worship us, then not only are we having idol worship of the world, but now we are simply worshiping and loving ourselves more than God, saying that we are God, we are worthy, and we should be praised, and you should not. How damning that is to the soul. We mirror beauty because God creates beauty and he defines beauty. There is no Starry Night without Vincent Van Gogh. There is no Pieta without Michelangelo. There is no Mona Lisa without Da Vinci. Well, we are nothing without our God. So this is not meant to beat you up if you are a Taylor Swift fan and you are excited that she won nine awards or if you got giddy and jumped up and down whenever you saw NSYNC. That's not the point. It's okay. It's okay to enjoy creation but it's not okay to replace God. And this is a temptation that all of us are going to fall into at some point of our lives. May we enjoy creation. Seriously, may you enjoy your music and movies and art, but may we not fall astray from our God and fall in love with the world and worship the things that the creative has created, has created. I mean, it's just silly but rather praising our God who gives great gifts such as the ability to worship, love, create, reflect, and to mirror his goodness as an impression to simply reflect it right back to him. If you thought this episode of Cultivating Truth was helpful, then I would encourage you to please like, comment, uh, share with a friend. Let us know what you're thinking. Uh, We truly wish to be a resource for those who are trying to understand the creative arts and would like to understand it within a biblical Christian worldview. Thank you for watching this episode, and we look forward to meeting up with you again next time.